Did you ever wonder why Jesus had to be baptized? Sort of a strange feast. On the one hand that we celebrate this uh, baptism of our Lord. It's the last day of the Christmas season, as I mentioned. And it fulfills, it fills out, we can say, that season uh, precisely because it is another manifestation, as it were, of God to the world. It's the beginning, it's the the inauguration, we can say, of his public ministry. Uh, This uh, scene where he's baptized is narrated in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's referenced in John's Gospel. It's always at the beginning, towards the end of John's ministry, as he's calling the people of Israel to repentance, uh, on the stage walks our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, Matthew's Gospel um, puts it well when John looks at him and says, <laughs> um, you're the one who should be baptizing me. Why am I baptizing you? And our Lord uh, gives that wonderful response, let it be so now so as to fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean for God to fulfill all righteousness by his, by his baptism? So what he's doing for us, we can't say that the waters of baptism are going to sanctify our Lord. He's already in, like, fully and completely sanctified. He already has the Holy Spirit with him from the beginning. And the Holy Spirit overshadows Our Lady. Uh, and he is conceived in her womb. He's never apart from the Holy Spirit as the second person of the Trinity. And yet in this moment, we say our Lord is sanctifying the waters of baptism. He's the one who is showing us what he's going to do. If you ever had to write one of those five-paragraph essays when you were a kid, maybe middle school, early high school, and the teacher said, in the first paragraph, you're going to tell me what you're going to tell me. In the next three paragraphs, you're going to tell me. In the last paragraph, you're going to tell me what you told me. This is the first paragraph of that essay. He's telling us what he's going to tell us. So you know what happens if you stay in the water too long. You don't just get wrinkled. You die. Okay? You drown. So Lord goes under the water to show us he's going to die for our sins. And then he comes out of the water to show us that he's going to rise again. And he uses that symbol of water because water has this fascinating property to be able to both give life when we drink it, but also to take it away if we are submerged in it. And so by our Lord's death and resurrection, he's showing us he's going to cleanse us from our sins and give us new life. So as he enters onto the public stage, the stage of the world in this public kind of a way, um, he shows us in sign what the plan, what the mission, what the purpose of all of this is. And with the descent of the Holy Spirit, he receives that anointing again for the sake of mission. It's the same Holy Spirit that we receive when we're baptized, and believe it or not, you know this, but we share in that same mission of Christ as priest, prophet, and king. Every one of us in this room is, at least if you're baptized, priest, prophet, and king. Ladies, you can be queens, that's fine. Uh, Mary is queen of heaven and earth, so I think you guys get to, get to take that role as well. Regardless, here we are sharing in this mission of Christ, in the same way that our Lord heard the, the voice of God the Father, you are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. It's the same words that our Father speaks to us. The reason when we become incorporated, think about that word, incorporate, to enter into a body, we enter into the body of Christ. We become members of the body of Christ when we are baptized. We become sons and daughters of God Most High when we are baptized. We become sharers in the mission of Christ when we are baptized. 
Most of us probably don't remember the day of our baptism, probably, hopefully, when you were an infant, or maybe some of you were baptized uh, a little later. It's good to consider, though, like what happened in your soul at that moment. You were changed indelibly, like completely, irrevocably changed on the level of your being when you were baptized. Because God changed your being to make you his son or his daughter, to enable you to receive the grace that he won for us on the cross. This is powerful and beautiful. It might be tempting to think at some point that, boy, if baptism only worked, if it like got rid of all of our sin, we'd be such amazing and powerful witnesses to Christ in the world. Well, let's be honest. Baptism does work. It has removed all of our sins. It's made everything different and completely new within our hearts. But it also calls us to live then totally and completely as his sons and daughters. What happens in the world, my own life, my own heart, when I live in a way contrary to my identity as a son or daughter of God, what happens in that moment? Something self-contradictory about that, about sin. It's like an implosion in the depths of my being. It's incongruous with, with who I am. In the same way that parents, you probably say to your kids at some point, you better be careful how you act out there because whatever you do reflects on me and the kind of parent that I am. I don't want to look bad. Fair enough. When God makes us his sons and daughters, he invites us, he sends us forth to show forth the reality of who God is in this world. What a beautiful mission. What a powerful mission that we have. We consider, again, priest, prophet, and king. What do priests do? They don't just come up and blab at you for 10 minutes every Sunday. <laughs> it's one of the things I do. Priests offer sacrifice. Priests kill things. That's what we do. Not for the sake of death. It's to offer it to God. It's the history of humanity, not just in the Catholic Church nor in, the, in, in Judaism, in all, in all the religions of the world. Priests offer sacrifices, mediation between God and men. And so isn't that what we do then as Christians? We offer a sacrifice. We offer the same sacrifice that Christ himself offered. It's a sacrifice of himself on the cross. I've said it before, but it's why the priest says, pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Here we are at Mass, offering together me in my way and you in yours, the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Every time you give something up, every time you make a hard decision, every time you make a sacrifice for the good of, I mean, for, as an act of worship, you're entering into the sacrifice of Christ. When we unite our sacrifices, our difficulties, our struggles, our sufferings to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, on the cross that's, that sacrifice, that suffering is efficacious, it's powerful. It's a beautiful prayer. And God uses it. He takes it all up for the sake of our own salvation and the salvation of the world. That's part of our priestly mission. It's a difficult thing sometimes to witness to the gospel. And yet it's all used by God for the sake of salvation. What do prophets do? (laughs) Easy enough, right? Prophets preach the word of God. Maybe easier said than done because I know that if I preach with my lips, I also have to preach with my life. And if I don't preach with my life, then whatever I say with my lips is totally and completely empty. 
demands, again, a total and complete conversion of heart in the way that I live. Do I show forth by the way that I live, by the way that I act, by the way that I speak, God himself, who God the Father is, who God the Son is, and who God the Holy Spirit is? Sinners and Maria has a beautiful line. He says, would that your life would be such that anyone who sees you says, this man reads the life of Jesus Christ. We can expand it. We want our, everything we say, everything we do, say this man, this woman, shows forth the identity of God himself. And what a powerful mission. This is what God has given to us. This is what he's, what he's placed in the depths of our being. And so often we choose not to show forth the identity of God, but rather something, or we should say somebody else. This is our prophetic mission, to speak the word of God, to give God's message to mankind, the good news of the gospel. What do kings do? Kings conquer, and they rule, and they serve. And so we look to Christ then on the cross, the one who reigns from his throne, which is the cross. Everything he does, everything he gives to us, is a total gift of himself to, to humanity, to his bride, until nothing is left ungiven. And so, would that our faith, would that our Christianity, would that our Catholicism, how do we say it, have an effect in this world? Would that people see us, and would that the things that we do change things? for the good, for the better. So, so we have a society where it's okay to worship God. It's okay to come to church and adore Him. It's okay to live your faith on the public stage. You don't have to worry about ridicule or hatred or contempt. Why isn't it like that? Is it because we don't know the infinite love of Jesus Christ? Is it because we don't realize that what He's given to us is for our good and for our salvation? It's because we don't realize that when we're baptized, we hear those same words of God the Father. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And in you, I am well pleased. It's easy to say it for all of humanity. But can you say it for yourself? Do you believe that in your heart of hearts? This is what God the Father says to you and about you. This is why he sent the son. Not just to be baptized. Not just to show us what he's going to do. But but to actually do it. Because that's what he has done for us. This is the reason that Christ is born into the world. Not just for a cute manger scene, but rather for the salvation of our souls, for the salvation of the whole world. He says, I came that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be complete. This is what he desires for the depths of our hearts. This is what he invites us into. This is what our baptism initiates us into. It gives us that victory, that salvation of Christ. The last image I'd like to leave you, leave you with this evening always goes back to the cross. So we know that all the sacraments receive their power from Christ's action on the cross. And so where's baptism on the cross? You know where baptism is. After he dies, a soldier pierces his side and his heart with a lance. And out of, out of his side flow blood and water. The waters of baptism with which he waters the whole world. He waters the whole church and invites us into the saving action of God.